Hi, this is episode four of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. You will all have to forgive me today because my voice is a little bit hoarse from cheering so loudly on Monday at the marathon. It is now Wednesday, and I still haven't gotten my voice back, but that's what happens on the best day of the running year. Uh, as a longtime coach and marathon runner myself, I look forward to Marathon Monday here in Boston every year. So you'll have to forgive me as my voice is in recovery from such a fabulous weekend. One of the things that I always love about watching the Boston Marathon is the sheer variety of people who tackle this challenge and all of the many different reasons that they choose to run. There are three types of people I've noticed that run the marathon. The first are the people who are so incredibly fast that they are elite runners um, in that it's just they have a natural God-given born talent for running and for speed and for distance, and they can just go and go and go. They don't even know what the Boston Marathon qualifying times are. They couldn't tell you because they've never even had to worry about them because they're so incredibly fast. And then I think there's this second category of runners who, in my mind, are equally as elite. They're elite in the heart and the dedication that they show to their training and to their desire to get stronger and faster. And those are the people who, um, you know, since fitness is a little bit of a sliding scale and everybody's bodies are made a little bit differently, these are the folks who really, they can see that their Boston qualifying time is within their grasp, but they have to work really, really hard to try and get there. And sometimes they make it and sometimes they don't, but they are, uh, they come at it with all of their heart and all of their soul. And, and, uh, they really aim for those incredible times and they work so hard to get there. And I admire that spirit and that heart. And then there's this third category of elite. And these are my people. These are the charity runners, the people who have tackled Boston for a cause that's greater than themselves. And even I know that this is a hot point of contention in the running world, but um, I want to sort of dispel one myth about charity runners and the Boston Marathon. It's not, unlike a lot of other races, it's not like you can just sign up for a charity and run the Boston Marathon and that's it. You just decide you want to do it, you pick a charity and that's that. There are literally thousands of people who want to run Boston and who want to get into these charities. And the amount of money that you have to raise for the charity in order to participate is significant. I think the minimum is like five or six thousand dollars now. And these charities are just flooded with applications. And it's not just your name on a piece of paper and you know, like your address and your latest running time. Like the they are looking for people who really have incredible connection to the to their cause. They are looking for people who can go above and beyond with their fundraising who aren't just going to raise the minimum even though that minimum is still a lot of money. Like $6,000 is a lot of money. They're looking for the people who want to raise 10, 15, 20, 30, 100,000 and they're looking for people who really, really want to be there, who are going to work as hard at their fundraising as they are on their running. 
And I think that that's like a whole nother level of elite in addition to really caring about becoming better athletes and putting one foot in front of the other and running an incredible event like the Boston Marathon. So it really is a race of people who are each embodying their own brand of elite. Elite doesn't have one look out there. It doesn't have one body type. It doesn't have one reason for running. It doesn't have one um, you know, way of reaching the finish line. Every single person out there has put everything that they have into this day and into the causes that they run for, whether it's for themselves or for someone else. And it's just amazing to witness and uh, and I always feel so good about cheering those people on. And I think that like everything else that I feel about running, it's such a wonderful metaphor for life about figuring out your own brand of elite, your own thing that makes you special, that that you can pour your whole heart and soul into, that motivates you every single day to go above and beyond. I don't think that in order to be elite, you have to be super fast or you have to be incredibly strong or to be, um, you know, wildly intelligent. It, you could be just one type of elite and and it's just as powerful and it's just as motivating and, and can cause you to do great feats of wonder, like finishing a marathon. I I really love this concept because I feel like I've always been my own brand of basically everything my entire life. I feel like I've um, I've never really uh, fit in, I guess, is, uh, is a way of saying it. Um, and for a long time, I was really self-conscious about the ways that I was different from other people. And I've kind of grown, I grew out of it a lot after I got out of grade school. But a couple of years ago, I was at a wedding of one of my friends who I grew up with. And of course, as you do at at such events, you you know I was seated at a table with a bunch of other former classmates. Since I wasn't family, and I wasn't you know like I didn't know a ton of people there, I really only knew um, the people that I'd gone to school with. And all of these people were people that I'd known since I was about five years old, but number of them I hadn't seen since high school in a lot of cases. So just for fun and to introduce ourselves around the table, not to each other, obviously, but to like the new significant others that were sitting there, we played this game where we went around the table and we said, hello, my name is, and we had to say our name followed by some sort of qualifier that started with the same name, like with the same letter of our name. For example, hello, my name is Amy and I like apples. So we're going around the table, and when that round got around to me, I began, hello, my name is Laura, and I and, and I paused for a moment trying to think of a qualifier starting with L, and in the span of the breath that I took, one of my classmates piped out, and I'm loud. So my gut just like twisted up in that moment, and for one second, I was totally back in high school, feeling really embarrassed about myself. Loud. Um, That's not really a word that often goes with, like, it doesn't really go in the likable characteristics category. Like, I feel like it goes right along with things like 
talkative, uh, which I've also been described as historically by teachers on report cards, but also by friends teasing me about not being able to get a word in edgewise when they're talking to me. And when I was young, I felt so ashamed of being loud and talkative. Uh, I was always, you know, I always felt like what I was supposed to be was, you know, a good listener and silent and, you know, and sweet. But that is not me at all. And I think that being among all of these people at this wedding who knew me back in those days, it sent me back in time um, for a moment to that young, insecure girl who just wanted to fit in and who just wanted all of her qualifiers to be in the good and socially acceptable category. But, um, But that's not being true to who I am. And so... After another moment of listening and taking a deep breath, I took the advice of one of my favorite teachers of all time, the great Debbie Ford, and I just owned my qualifier. I looked up and I said, yep, uh, my name is Laura and I'm loud still after all these years. And I laughed and they laughed and, and we all moved on because the truth is, is it wasn't an insult. It's just a fact. I'm loud and I talk a lot. And guess what? It's made my career. I have had the opportunity to do so many incredible things because I'm the woman who's willing to get up, be loud, and talk with abandon. Uh, what I used to feel so ashamed of has become one of my greatest assets. It's one tiny way that I'm my own brand of elite. And that's not to say that a little bit, bit of self-awareness isn't a good thing. Um, certainly learning to be a better listener, recognizing that I am a really verbose and talkative person has helped me reach out for help when I need you know, to pare down my words or as a coach when I really need to be a good listener, learning reflective listening skills has helped me immensely. It's helped me to be there for friends in tough times, to be able to close my mouth and just listen, uh, even though I have to really practice to do it. But I, I recognize that it's important. But I also recognize that um, that it really is such been such a positive in my life that I am that person who's who's not afraid to to be loud and get up and talk. Um, I've had I've had a great stage career as a result, and I've become a vehicle uh, to communicate the things that I'm most passionate about. That, um, especially in the field of nutrition, science, and research, people who you know, I'm not a researcher. I'm not a scientist. But I know that a lot of people who are researchers and scientists who really struggle to communicate their ideas, who really struggle to speak up in a boardroom, who really struggle to take these huge concepts and make them available to other people. And I'm not afraid. And I'm so into their work. And I love um, reading all of this really detailed material and then making it accessible and standing up and being the one that that will talk. So, um, you know, anytime I find myself in these uncomfortable situations where once upon a time when I felt super uncomfortable, I, I just babble on and on and make everyone, including myself, feel even more uncomfortable. Um, that was like the old way of dealing with it. You know, when you get, when you feel awkward and you feel uncomfortable, you just like everything gets worse and you make it worse for yourself. Uh, but once I owned it, I was so much better able to communicate with friends in, in these moments where I was uncomfortable. 
um, I'm now able to look at people and say, please interrupt me if you need me to listen for a while. Or, um, or I need to say all of what's on my mind, but then I promise to make space for you to talk. And rather than hiding the things that I was once ashamed of, I just acknowledge it up front. I make space for the other person in the room. I've become a better friend and a better listening listener since owning my own way of being. And, and I've really grown to understand that this is the thing that makes me special. It's not the thing that makes me you know, weird and and awkward and the and the person that people don't want to be around. It makes me it makes me my own brand of elite. I have a, a really good friend of mine who um I think I think she has really helped me so much in growing comfortable with myself because she <laughs> used to say she's an introvert. And anytime that I would start on some diatribe about something, she would pause. And she'd make me pause. And then she'd look at me and she'd go, is this going to be a monologue or is this going to be just a short story? Not that it's bad that it's a monologue. I just need to like emotionally prepare myself. And that would inevitably stop my role, make me pause, make me think about what I was going to say to her. And then if I knew that I really, really had a lot to say, I would just be like, monologue, are we ready? And she'd be like, okay, I'm ready. And Or it would make me really think through what I wanted to say and shorten it. But like that open communication, that ability to laugh at myself and to laugh about this thing that that is a huge part of who I am has helped me to embrace it so much. So in the wake of the Boston Marathon, where I witnessed 32,000 elite, wonderful, self-branded, you know, massive variety of people run past me to fulfill a, an absolute dream race um, and t- be totally inspiring, I say to you, what is your brand of elite? What is that thing that makes you so unique and so special that even if it makes you uncomfortable to embrace it about yourself, maybe just the thing that launches you into a space where you are totally uniquely qualified to be the most elite person in the room. Uh, Think about it. Let me know. Tell me on social media what your brand of elite is. And uh, so I think that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes and uh, leave me a few comments. Let me know what you think about it. Um, Recommend me to your friends. I'd love to hear about topics that you're interested in. Find me on Twitter at LJ Ingalls or hit me up at laurajingles.com for more podcast episodes. And until next time, viva la diva. (laughs) 